What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, we've got a special guest, a mother of four who in 10 years has built an amazing investing portfolio and gone on to create systems and educational platform to help thousands of other people build wealth and freedom through real estate. Welcome to the show, Monica Jastic. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right. Welcome to the show today, Monica. How are you doing? I am so great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. I know you've got a lot of knowledge that you will be able to give to our, our listeners and our, our viewers out there. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're extremely busy with the business, the kids. You've got a lot going on, don't you? <laughs> yes. Well, I think, you know what, honestly, everyone is equally busy and everyone has the same 24 hours in the day to make do with so yeah that's that's a great point of view and 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 adage to remember about is you know time is like the one the one asset we all have have the same right like you know bill gates and elon musk don't have any more uh time than you know the guy just starting out so i think it's just how you how you use it how you choose to use your time and like for me to use my time and for you to use your time to bring a podcast to so many people and really help people i mean that's really gracious of yourself and i love spending my time spreading the word on wealth building on investments on just helping people i think if you don't come from that giving uh, place and most of your time is, is spent giving, I'm like, why are we doing this at all anyway? So thank you for taking your time to create the whole hyper fast podcast. That's pretty amazing of you. Well, I love doing it. I, I get to meet people like you and, and learn. And, and, you know, every time I do it, I find myself after I'm done recording it, making a bunch of notes and going back to my team being like, Hey, we, we need to think about this or that or implement this. So it's, it's, um, it's one of those things where hopefully it produces a ton of value, but I know I get a ton of value uh, out of doing it. And, you know, on that time theme, I think real estate, real estate investing specifically is one of the best ways to get more time back in your life. Cause I, I, I don't think there's another investment vehicle out there that can create as much wealth as this can if you do it right if you learn from others who've done it before you know if you if you set it up right it's something that will give you a lot of time a lot of prosperity which which is my goal for everyone that that you know hears this podcast or watches this i i totally agree real estate is the the number one wealth builder Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you're going to work until you die. And it's not easy to invest in real estate, but 
if you if you participate in certain strategies, you'll make more money than you can ever by working. Uh, just from the way the strategies are, I mean, it's it's when people buy their their single family home to live in their personal residence. That's the largest financial acquisition that they're ever really making. It's, it's, it's probably the most expensive purchase ever. Imagine doing it over and over and over again uh, in real estate and with real estate investing. But because it's so expensive, the returns also can be huge when it's done right. And it is tricky and it does take time to learn. You don't have to do it yourself, but it is an investment that defies time because while I'm sleeping, I'm making money. I'm on this podcast and I'm making money right now. And you're making money right now. But we're not trading our time for money. And I think that's the real mindset that people have to stop doing. They have to stop trading their time for money. They have to get their money working for them rather than them working for their money. Because you could work 24 hours a day and you're still not going to get rich. It's really hard. So it's more of a kind of less is more and strategy play uh, in wealth building than how much external energies that you put out. I, I completely agree with you on, on the, you know, trading time for money. And I, I, I got my start, you know, in real estate investing a, a while ago, and then I really got into it as a profession and, and building out a, a brokerage and a real estate team. And, and um, I'm out of sales production now, our, our team, does that but the agents that succeed at the highest levels are, are making really really good money as sales agents but it is trading time for money there's of course things you can do to make it more efficient uh, but I, I try to teach all of our agents on our team and the ones listening to our podcast and other programs that, you know you really need to make the sale and then take some of that money and, and put it into real estate like get it get it working for you because at some point you know you want to at least have the option to, to not have to go sell a home or, or whatever you do for work. Cause a lot of people listening may not, may have some other type of profession and, you know, maybe you, you love it and you want to do it till the day you die and that's perfectly fine. But, but what I think would be a tragedy would be if, you know, you got to that stage in your life and you were just doing it because that was the only way you could mm -hmm. get income. So you know, you got to think, how do I, how do I get out of trading time for money? Even if you still want to do that because you love it, because there's, yeah, that, that's great. Well, if you, you must love being a real estate agent when you were a real estate agent. Um, I think that's a really extremely uh, interesting job. I am not a licensed agent. I've never been in over the 10 years I've been an investor. Neither is my husband. Uh, but we work with teams of real estate agents. And a lot of my clients for wealth building are real estate agents because I'll show them how to build what we call your real estate business. And it's one stream of residual income, like you were saying, is your job income. So being a real estate agent, the typical agent tries to go to every single area, service every single client for any single kind of property. I remember one lady at our country club was talking about her husband and how he's such a great agent that he didn't even put his phone down for his wedding photos. <laughs> and I said, that's horrible, you know, because all these agents, when if you're a real estate agent out there and you're listening to this, you really need to take a less is more approach. And you need to be a focused real estate agent. You have to find your niche 
and what it is you want to focus on. You have to figure out how much money it is that you want to create. And then you have to figure out how many, you know, transactions that you need to do. And you have to become the really best agent in that area. Now, all of our agents that we work with at Real Property Investments, we have teams of agents all over the world that specialize in high growth areas and they're investor agents. Now, tell me how you like this, because maybe we can work this out in, in your uh, Washington area, because tell me as a real estate agent if this sounds appealing to you. So what we do basically is we find out who wants to build wealth in a specific area. We figure out what they could do, what they can qualify for, what their returns that they want are. And then literally, if it's a perfect match, send them to our wonderful investor agents. He'll spend maybe half a day with them in the area, give them a tour of the area. They understand the economic fundamentals, walk some properties so they can actually feel, touch, smell the properties. Now, you know, and I know there's nothing like an investments the smell of investment properties <laughs> and figure out even if this is what they want to do, make sure that they're qualified to do it. And then all you basically do is look for this exact specific real estate model for these clients who know exactly what they want to do, what returns they're going to get, what they're going to pay for, what income they're going to receive from renters. And it's just like a repeat client that comes back to you and you don't have to go door knocking, cold calling, or do anything like those flyer drops or any of these, these kind of techniques that most agents have to do to get their business. I mean, that, that sounds tremendous as a, as a real estate agent. I, I can't imagine any agent not, not wanting that. Yeah, it's proven to be really beneficial, I feel, uh, for the agents because it saves a lot of the marketing and the time, but they get to do what they love. And I think investor agents take, is a really special kind of agent. A good investor agent is not going to be looking for uh, allow their clients to engage in bidding wars. A good investor agent is going to be real, has to show hundreds of properties <laughs> to people uh, and be available at all times. But that's all they're really doing while sacrificing the commission from the end user commission. As we know, a lot of the time, the end user uh, homes for personal residents are a lot more lucrative. But it, I think that that's why so many investor agents also are investors themselves. So they're in the field, they're finding their own properties, um, but part of their residual income also is working on their real estate business as an agent. And then like yourself, you know, expanding that, building your team, and then creating your own investment opportunities as well. I think it's pretty awesome what you're doing too. How... Before we get into more of the, specific, the specifics of that, because I think it's very interesting, how, how did you get started? I know you said you, you've been doing this for about 10 years. How, how did you get started? What's your, what's your backstory? I just started, I'm just a normal person. I just wanted to build wealth for my family. I have four kids. Uh, this started off when we had one kid. I was finishing my master's yeah. degree. And um, I went to finish a teaching practicum. Uh, in the classroom and my baby was about eight months old and I just realized I was selling myself short. I don't want to work full time. Uh, I'd rather be a stay-at-home mom. And so it wasn't saying I wouldn't want to work at all, but I just wanted my kids and my family to be that number one, um, you know, focus in my life and create my life around my family. Probably should have become a real estate agent now that I said that, but um <laughs> I, I figured out pretty fast, you know, my husband was working, he was making great money, our family was expanding, 
Um, but it's pretty expensive in society today to live on one salary. Now, I really put finances to the forefront because I really wanted to get to the bottom of this. And I didn't want to go to work full time, but I, but I really wanted to figure out, you know, how can we afford to send our kids to college? How can I afford to retire? You know, I was really kind of paying attention to these numbers and I was reading all these amazing books, but they were traditional financial planning books. And I was an A student in these books. I was saving my 10%. I'm getting life insurance. We're opening up all these different, um, you know, matching accounts with the kids education funds and with my husband, you know, contributing to the 401k program, like all this sort of stuff we were doing. And it wasn't getting us any closer to our goals. It was kind of like we were sneaking our way slowly, slowly up there. But when I was looking at the true math behind it, I could see we're never going to be able to afford to retire. And maybe we could send one kid to college for maybe two years. But this isn't working. The traditional way is not working. And then it hit me in the face that all of a sudden I'm the financial plan. So <laughs> it's like, if I want to retire and we want to help our kids out, all of a sudden two six figure salaries are required just to get these basic goals. And it really ticked me off to tell you the truth. You know, it made me think like, what's happening to our society? What happened in our society? At what point did this become a reality for the average family? And I originally was actually supposed to be a family marriage therapist. That was my original plan. And so the family has always been really, really important and, and of interest to me. And if you kind of look back in time, you could see so many different problems that we're having. Um, so many, the, the evolution of the family is changing so, so much, as well as these financial problems that people are experiencing. You kind of wonder how much of these problems is caused by this financial crisis, really, that society is in. So I knew we had to do something different. Uh, when 2008 came, I really knew we had to do something different because everything was just gone at that point. All those little savings that we built up were completely just wiped out. And Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm sure you hear this a million times, came across my desk and it was just an absolute game changer to me. It was the number one book in financial literacy. It taught me the real definition of assets and liabilities. It taught me the importance of creating a business income as well as an investment income. And it taught me the importance of getting your money working for you rather than you working for your money and real estate being the number one wealth builder to help people build wealth. Yeah, I, I remember listening to his book like I think almost 20 years ago now, early 2000s. And, and that was one of the influencing factors that had me really pick real estate as, as the main way to invest from, from early in my investing, you know, financial career. But I, I do agree with you that this, this notion, and it seems like it's been around for a decade or two now of cutting out your weekly coffee and putting that in some exchange traded fund or mutual fund to, to build wealth. Like it, it just doesn't seem that, that's going to be enough for most people. Like they, they need to do things that will generate 
more returns, I think, or, or more income and, and a higher, definitely a higher rate of return. And, you know, no one's ever gotten rich off saving and cutting a coffee. <laughs> you just hit my pet peeve right there. I went to a women's event hosted by um, a very, very prominent bank, and it was called an In Her Shoes event. And I went there to this event because I do a lot of speaking, um, you know, for women in real estate as well. And I am one of the mothers of real estate, which was a, na a national television show, kind of like The View, but we talk about real estate. And so it was a really important, I'm really well aware of not only society's, you know, situation, but also women. They're dealing with rates of divorce, of widowry, and a lot of women do not, you know, learn about finances and put them to the forefront. They think, oh, it's over my head. And they, they give it to the man, if the man is even studying and doing it. So I went to this event and I wanted to talk to them about having a real estate specialist on their panel for upcoming uh, events. And they brought up this coffee. And they told these women, these beautiful women who are sitting here and trying to build wealth for their families, trying to get by, trying to achieve their own financial goals to stop drinking your Starbucks and just make your coffee at home. So I would love to meet that person who actually has benefited. I think they actually even have a name for it, don't they? The latte factor or something. <laughs> Isn't it the latte? Uh, and I, now I'm just remembering this right now, the latte factor. If you take a certain amount of coffee and you put it into your thing and you invest it, in your these accounts one day you're going to be i don't know like ten thousand dollars richer twenty thousand dollars richer i just find that that kind of advice so small thinking you know i think it's just such a small thing when you have the opportunity to present real game-changing ideas real estate can change people's lives i've taken people who've had absolutely nothing and turned them into millionaires and it can be done. It's a simple, systematic process that anyone can achieve if they're willing to do the work. So these women take time who are already struggling financially to get a babysitter for their children, to take time to be at an adult event after work because they really have so much time to be told to make their coffee at home. This kind of advice just needs to stop. It just puts us back even furthermore. And it just shows how out of touch the banks are. No, I, the I banks agree. are kind of the problem at the same time, aren't they? When you're putting your money into stocks or ETFs or mutual funds, and and you know, full disclosure, I don't, I don't own any publicly traded stocks, but you're giving up complete control. Like the only, the only options you really have are buy or sell. With with real estate, I can, you know, redevelop it. I can lease it. I can refinance it. If if it goes down, I can, you know, repurpose it. There's just so many different things I can do. And like, if I, if I, even if I buy shares of great companies, like I, I have no control over Apple or Amazon or Starbucks or any of these, these big, huge companies. And, and I either have to decide, well, is, is it going to go up a lot and, and, and I should buy more of it or, or, or do I sell it? Cause it's, it's gone up a lot. And how, how you know, how, how do you know? Like <laughs> I call the um, stockbrokers professional guessers. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of are professional guessers. And I know they're very educated. And in finance, you know, I actually took some courses at the start of COVID-19 because I work in, in finance as a wealth builder. 
I've recreated our entire wealth portfolio. I've helped thousands of people do the same. And I do not have a business, economics, or finance background at all. And I took one of those Harvard courses, or um, sorry, Yale. I didn't get to go to Harvard, didn't have the course, but I went to Yale uh, for one of those free online courses at the start of COVID, you know, when everyone was doing that. I thought, well, this will be interesting. Maybe I'll get some formal education on, you know, financial markets. So I raise a lot of capital every day. I spend most of my days vetting different investment opportunities. So then I could tell people this would be a great place to grow your money. So this isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> I've done it in real time. But in the classroom, I'm listening to it. And I'm listening to the mathematical equations that they're teaching and they're using to assess risk and to try to make these projections. And it was pretty tough stuff. But it kind of reminded me of a friend of mine whose husband was a firefighter. And he became a firefighter because of his size, his, his um, you know, his strength and his abilities. He was an ex-athlete, he was an ex-hockey player actually. And he became a firefighter. And But there's a lot of firefighters going to firefighter school who have to know chemistry and physics, and that's very important too. But in the middle of a fire, are you gonna pull out your mathematic equations and start doing this analysis? Or are you going to really kind of see a more holistic approach and perspective, take your actual knowledge and figure out the best way to get in that building, to rescue the people and to get them out of the building with the highest rate of probability from the life of actual the trenches and common sense, I think you get a lot more from the classroom. Because I knew all the answers, but my equations weren't adding up. <laughs> but you could figure it out if you know what I mean. Well, how how uh, how did you get uh, started in, in real estate? Like what was your first your first deal or uh, investment? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a journey. So I have, I am, I wrote a book. I wrote a lot actually, but my very first book I wrote with my husband is called Real Estate Mistakes, Our Mistakes, Your Success. So if you guys are looking to invest in real estate and you don't want to make mistakes, we have created this entire book of all the first mistakes we made. The first mistake we made in our very first real estate property after we finally said no more, we got to do something different. We read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was time to act. And we had no clue what we were doing. We had no resources. We had no team. And I had no support from any friends and family. No one knew we were investing in real estate. My parents were the biggest naysayers. They would never, ever have supported. I didn't even tell them for three years what we were doing. I think they found out through someone else. So it was, we were all on our own and you guys, you're going to come to the point where you're just going to have to do it. And so there's two things that happen when you just finally take that plunge and you just do it. One of them, you either have beginner's luck and everything just kind of goes pretty smoothly and it kind of learning through doing is inevitable, or you're going to make a huge mistake and you're going to have to fix your mistake and hope you don't repeat it again. So our first property that we inched our way in was a ski condo uh, in an area where I used to have a ski chalet growing up. So it was cheaper than where we live, but it was, you know, made sense. The numbers made sense. But the number one mistake was I mixed that business and personal because I tried to tell myself, 
I'm going to use this investment and make money at the same time. So I think as an investor, a lot of like a mistake that a lot of investors make is you have to keep your business hat on at all times. And it's a really, really scary process to get started. Like I said before, your primary residence was the most expensive acquisition you ever made. And now you're going to buy another one. It's terrifying, especially when you don't have the support and you really don't know what you're doing. So we did so many things right. I mean, I think we got it for a fair price uh, and we fixed it up. That was really cute. And that was a lot of fun. And we did it on a great budget. Uh, and then we did find a property management company and rent it out. But we also did not pay attention to the condo fees, which were more important than the mortgage. <laughs> we used the wrong mortgage broker. We used our neighborhood mortgage broker. We didn't have anyone on a team. Uh, she almost got us sued because all of a sudden she, we waived our conditions. And then all of a sudden we couldn't qualify for the mortgage. So that was not um, a fun experience for a first time investor. And then we learned about the joys of um, shoulder seasons in the vacation market. So <laughs> that wasn't that fun. And also the joys of you'll never use uh, this place that I thought, oh, we can use it when it's not rented. That's money out the window. You lie awake in your place going, I could be making $1,000 a night. Why am I here? Or better yet, it's okay. We'll leave right away if you find a renter <laughs> to the property management company. So you're not like, once again, I'm kind of back to being that teacher, you know, trying to be the mom and the kid, whatever. Like you guys got to make choices in life. Know what you stand for and make your decisions clearly. Are you going to be a real estate investor and this is an investment property? Or is this going to be a second home that you and your family are going to use and you can afford it? because you gotta make that choice. So don't mix the business and personal. That was like the first lesson that we used. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you wanna get my best-selling book, The Hyper-Local, Hyper-Fast Real Estate Agent for absolutely free? This book has helped tens of thousands of real estate agents, and now I wanna give it to you for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Look, you can go on Amazon, read all the five-star reviews, and pay $14.99, or you can go to hyperfastfreebook.com and get it for free. All you pay for is the shipping. Again, that's hyperfastfreebook.com. Get your copy today. Again, hyperfastfreebook.com. So two years later, we managed to sell the property, and I think we sold it for the same price that we bought it for because the appreciation was severely affected because of those high condo fees. So it was not a disaster. Um, it was just a lesson and we did a lot of transactions since that. So that was kind of our first acquisition. And then we took a totally different stream in the single family home market. Um, and then we actually invested in ourselves. And I think, cause we really realized after we had about four homes, we don't know what the heck we're doing here. Uh, we might want to get a coach or a mentor to kind of help us, you know, get through it. But rather than getting a coach or a mentor that's going to um, now tell me if you've done this before, maybe you have. Have you ever ended up in a hotel room and they're like, who wants to be rich? And then they like hold this $10 bill and everyone runs up and railroads each other for it. And who wants this free book? And, and then you next thing you know, you're like in the another hotel room, but you're there for three days and you're learning all these systems and that sort of stuff. And yeah. Have you been yeah. down that road at all? Am I alone? No, I think, uh, I think a lot of us have for sure. 
and it was great, you know, like, but I had so much information and I love it. Like I, cause I love learning. My background is teaching. I love it. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an avid learner. But the thing that peeved me about that was like at the end of it, you have this notebook filled with half uh, strategies. It's like teaching someone to read and stopping at Q in the alphabet, <laughs> you know, like, okay, now I got to go back and learn more. And so we did, we did a huge investment in our, in our real estate education. And this investment was a lot of money and I'm talking close to six figures. And this was really money we did not have at that time. Uh, so we made that decision really, really seriously because we did have these properties and we were determined to make this change for our life and for our family. And we wanted to create our real estate business and do this full time. And because of that, uh, the, we felt this pressure and we actually really did complete the courses. A lot of people do not. Uh, we felt this pressure to be very, very transactional. So I was learning every single strategy under the sun from commercial real estate to land development, single family, flipping, wholesaling, uh, you name it. We were, we were learning it and we were actually implementing it. Rent to owns all these crazy things. I completed over a hundred real estate transactions our first year alone. I was working wow. 20 hour days. Um, they were all we were, deals you were buying or wholesaling or. I waved an epidural on the birth of our fourth child to send here <laughs> a fax machine because the best real estate deal was coming through. It was every strategy. We were everywhere. We were across the world here doing multiple transactions, managing multiple things. We were making so much money and we were losing even more. And I didn't really realize that in real estate mistakes. I also talk about after keeping up this pace, a hundred deals first, maybe 200 the second year, 300, you know, the third year, I finally thought it'd be a great idea to get my taxes done, you know, after like nine unfiled returns because of these multiple, you know, different types of corporations and fancy structures we probably didn't need at this time that we were told to do. I realized, wow, if we continue at this place, you feel like you're so successful because you're so transactional, but you're really on the road to bankruptcy almost. You know, I'm not sleeping, you're working. It's an exciting field. The field, like, I don't know when you started out, the field will suck you in and it will be so, so exciting, you know, because you're doing things and learning things that you never even knew were possible. And it is a lot of fun. Um, but you know what? It took a really great coach who really nailed uh, me hard and pretty much just said, what are you doing? You are not busy you are just, you know, creating a lot of drama uh, around yourself and you can make 10 times more money with focus and, you know, with a less is more strategy. Well, there, and, there is a lot to be said about simplifying and, and really zoning in on one area, one market, one technique, one, one niche. I, I think there's a ton of, ton of value in, in doing that. It's hard for a lot of people though. <laughs> Well, it is because, you know, like imagine going from being saying like a plumber and, you know, you never knew you wanted this. You wanted to be a plumber and then you go to school and you're a plumber and you're plumbing away and doing whatever plumbers do and you're enjoying it. But then all of a sudden you end up in this room and then you see, oh, this guy was a plumber and now he owns five apartment buildings and he's making $50,000 a month. I want to make 50, I, you can't make $50,000 on being a plumber. 
you know? So I don't care if you're like rotor rooter or whoever that person is, <laughs> you know, like, and then, so it's this whole new world. And that is actually the most exciting thing. I hope everyone watching this knows that you guys can make as much as you want. There really is no ceiling. We're, we're kind of led to believe that there's these ceilings and these caps. And all of a sudden, the amazing thing and the good thing about these hotel rooms and these these things is they're right. You know, there is a whole new world out there where you could really explore and really challenge yourself and really find ways to make some serious money, some serious, serious money and by doing just fun, exciting things. And I think people just get too excited. And that was our case. We just did way too much too soon. And just really when we scaled it in and our new mantra now for all the real property investment members is we want real estate to be boring because when your real estate is exciting, that means that something wrong is happening. And most people who want to really build that wealth from real estate, it doesn't have to be $50,000 a month. Who cares? It has to be that wealth that can allow you to live your life the way that you want to do it by creating the income that you need, you know, to maybe go from full-time work to part-time, or maybe you just want to take an extra vacation every year, or maybe it's just your retirement, or you want to create a legacy for your kids. Most people's goals really are more noble and a lot smaller than something like I want to be a cajillionaire or something along those, those sorts. I think it's really the freedom that people are after. And when people learn these strategies and how they can invest in these opportunities, then that's how they get their freedom. It's like their mind is just, and they can do all of it a lot of the times without even having to have a hammer in their hand. They can work with professionals like yourself who do all the hard work in these really elaborate projects and that's all you do. And they just have to understand how this works. How does money work? How does wealth building work? As an investor, because everyone out there, I don't care if you think you're an investor or not, we all have to be investors. We all have daily transactions with money. No matter how you feel about money, you need money to survive. Every day we're, we're transacting, we're, you need money to eat, you're paying rent, like we need it to go by. So it's just up to you about how much do you want to really get that life that you want. And I strongly believe that anyone can do this and anyone can get there and they don't even have to be a full-time real estate investor. You just have to learn how to strategically grow your money. So what, what did you end up focusing on when you, you know, got, got corrected from, from coach or mentor and, and, and kind of, decided to rein it in what did what did you uh what did you really tune into well i am grateful for our experience uh the knowledge that we had and the 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 opportunity to implement all of those all of those learning skills in action it wasn't just a classroom thing for me it's actually made me an excellent consultant because i can advise from single family homes all the way to condominium uh, developments and corporations and, and all these different advanced aspects in regards to real estate. But what we started focusing on was we were focusing on single family homes in high growth areas that was going to enable 
Nita, first goal was to send all four of our kids to college. Now, that is a huge price tag uh, to do that, especially where they want to go to school. So that goal was really, really not working doing it the traditional way. So my first goal was to figure out how can I, what is the best investment for me at this point, some of the small kids, to really learn how to, to grow that money to send their kids away to school. And real estate, I mean, a single family home and with all the components in a high growth area, it's not about the rents and the cash flow that you get every month. That's kind of like the icing on the cake. But as we started building out these models in these high growth areas, we are figuring out how to get returns of 30 to 48% ROI, not cash on cash, but overall ROI that enables us to get some extra cash in our pocket every month but also that we can either strategically refinance when it's time for them to go to school. So say someone went out there and bought like a $375,000 property and they were renting it out. And we also do a lot of, because of the price of the homes and with the rents, we are doing a lot of duplex conversions, which also adds that forced appreciation as well. So although we started off in the single family, when the prices started getting a little too high, we had to change our investment model and we started creating basement suites. So now we have the single family and we have two rents coming in rather than the one rent coming in. But with the strategic refinancing, we we're able to recreate an income for yourself um, to pull that money out. And that money can be used for your kid's education fund. It could be used, you know, even for your retirement, the same single family home. People just bought a house, that same house for $375,000 and just simply paid off their mortgage. 25 years, you know, that house appreciating at 5% because that's the historic norms, it's going to be valued at $1.25 million. What other kind of asset out there can give you that sort of money? If you have two, you're going to have two over $2.5 million. And with your personal residence, you'll be a multimillionaire. And, and these so, refi... Uh, events when you pull money out, you know, without selling, uh, that's that's not a taxable event for most people. So it's it depends what state you're in, I yeah. guess. Which is why an accountant is another person, and not the accountant that your dad used that you <laughs> go to, and not a, not one of those like uh, TurboTax or whatever these these people. You need a real estate accountant at this point. Um, we're all adults now, and it's it's just the same to to get someone like that. But you're absolutely correct, like. You know, it depends. It is classified as passive income and it will not be taxed in a lot of cases. And if it is, that's where your accountant, you really consult with you and you figure out what am I going to do with this money? And that's just one option. I mean, you could take the home. We figured out we're going to collect these homes. We bought one home for each kid. And the plan is when it's time for them to go to school, we'd either refinance or we would sell the homes. And that's how we figured out how that problem is. And the same thing, you keep the homes also after you refinance. And then you can also recycle it amongst kids. You can help your kids have a legacy. So you can do another refinance and, or you can even gift the homes to your kids or even keep them for yourself for your retirement. And all this can be done with just one or two homes. It's so incredible. If people just go out, they don't have to be exciting. You don't have to spend $100,000 in courses. You don't have to learn how to flip or do any of these types of strategies. It's just buying in the right area for the right price and getting that right return on investment and having that team who helps you 
you know, throughout the entire transaction. What's What's been your area of focus in, in the last year, you know, with the pandemic and, and the lockdowns? I know we talked before the show, you're expanding into a lot of markets, but uh, what would you say, you know, your, your, your expansion plans are right now or, or have been the last, the last year or so? Well, my expansion plans is to grow real property investments membership. We do have consulting services and we want to be game changers and we want to help every single American learn to put finances to the forefront, learn layman's terms in regards to wealth and start living your best life today. And I don't want to call anyone into a hotel room. I've never done that. I don't use NLP. I am the most straight shooting individual out there. All we want to do is genuinely help people. But you guys have to invest in yourself to learn. If you're not paying, you don't pay attention. So we have real estate events. We have topics. We used to be in, in person in the nice, you know, golf clubs and have nice wealth evenings. People would come, they network, they meet the teams. They learn about from the top speakers we work with uh, about amazing, you know, new topics. And then hopefully they join the community and they can come to events for free and get all this information and all this great stuff. And they start taking wealth and putting it to the forefront. That's the whole purpose of the community. But when COVID hit, we could not meet uh, in person anymore. We had to start meeting online, which I actually found very, very exciting because now we can expand even furthermore and start building out our teams even furthermore. And we've actually gone global since um, COVID-19. We are across Canada, we're across the U.S., and we're even across Australia and opening oh, wow. up a European division. And our goal is to really help these people. When I do look at the statistics you know, of 80% of Americans are not making enough money. Most of them are dependent on their job income. And what happened with COVID? All of a sudden, the jobs are gone. Gone are the days of you wanting to leave your job and making be financially free to be, leave your job. Now it's just responsible to have this residual income because what if your job leaves you? And now we know what that feels like. We have no idea what's going to happen throughout this pandemic. So it was exciting to kind of, I'm here to serve even more people and help more people by educating them on a variety of topics. And a lot of people say, oh, I might not be ready to invest in real estate today, or I don't have enough money to invest. Well, how can you get the money? So you, why don't you have that money to invest? Well, because I don't make enough money. Well, why don't you make enough money? And there's no shame in not making enough money. We are really kind of have a lot of odds stacked up against us. Most people are designed to go to school and then they do this job. And as soon as you kind of accept that, you're sort of slotted in your, your spot for society. And you can only make so much money from that job. And unfortunately, inflation is steadily increasing. The cost of living is steadily increasing, but your, your wage is not. And it's really tough for people to quote unquote, get by. This is what everyone's in this get by mentality. And now the job is removed and there's no money coming in. And I think people are really a lot more versatile. Everyone out there, I don't care you know, if you're rich, if you're poor, if you're middle-class, if you're struggling, I really believe that COVID-19 and this pandemic really has put everyone on an equal playing field. 
I think it's been a huge equalizer. It's taken a lot of people, especially the upper middle class people who had those really comfy jobs and they were going through life tickety-boo, thinking everything's going to be okay and it will just break out. And all of a sudden that's just taken from them. And all of a sudden you have to get resilient. You have to get creative. You have to figure out how money works. And so we could start making more money. And I believe that every single person out there, especially the people who take the time to listen to podcasts, because you have to want to improve yourself to that they're able to do this. This is not reserved. I mean, wealth building is not reserved for the top 2%. You don't have to have uh, an education in finance or in economics. You don't have to know how everything works, you know, that nitty gritty kind of Yale level that I was doing when I was taking that course. I didn't understand how that worked. And I do this for a living and I've done very well for myself. I've used real estate to help us reach all of our financial goals where I've been a stay-at-home mom for over 17 years now that my husband's not even working. And his 40th birthday, he walked into his office and he quit. <laughs> and it took us five years to get there, but it was a really, really momentous day for us. And that's what I love to work on. Like when I can take everyday people with just a couple ideas of assess their situation, make sure they get the right information. There's a lot of bad information out of there. And a lot of people who are teaching the uh, information that we do, it's because they want you to invest with them. They have some sort of fund and we want you to grow your money with us. I don't want your money. I don't want that. I just want the opportunity to show people what is possible and introduce them to the absolute best top level experts in the field who can help them. People like yourself. Well, we, uh, we pre I, I appreciate that. And I know our listeners have gotten a ton of, of inspiration, and amazing nuggets from you. Before we wrap up, we always like to do a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers, I'll start. That's exciting. All right. What is your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor? Uh, invest in yourself, invest in your education. You do not need to go at it alone. And it does not need to be a hundred thousand dollar education like we did. What do you think is the biggest mistake experienced investors make? They don't stay current. Investors all need to be current. You need to pay attention to the changes day to day. And you have to be engaged in every facet of wealth building. There's a lot of coaches and trainers out there teaching advice from 10 years ago that no longer works. What's the biggest mistake or challenge you've had in your investing career and how did you overcome it? Uh, like I said, I just did way too much too soon. Uh, I really got my ego uh, run away with me. And how I overcame it was I worked with a coach who got me to focus and really be an expert in one thing. And that revamped my financial plan and made myself and my family financially free. All right. Uh, what would we find you doing when you're not, you know, investing or teaching people how to do it or on podcasts? You will find me on the tennis courts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tennis player. And uh, last one, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? In 10 years from now, 
I always look at this. This is a hard question. I look at this for my kids. Uh, so in 10 years from now, my daughter, who's eight now, our youngest, will be 18. So in 10 years from now, I'm probably going to be moving to a more cottage kind of lifestyle and get a big house on the lake where I can focus on just doing exactly what we do, but not having to be in such a fast paced city anymore um, and spend some quality time with my husband and grow our business even further as empty nesters. Cause I guess in 10 years from now we'll be empty nesters. All right. Well, that will be a, a big change for sure. Thank you so much for being on the show before we actually sign off. If our listeners or, or viewers on YouTube, if they want to learn more from you or connect with you, what are the best ways for them to do that? Well, you can visit our website and I guess, do you have a link that you provide for the website or do I have to shout it out? Uh, we can do both. So we, we can right. put it in the show notes, we can put it in the YouTube description and, and all that good stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Out. So we're all over social media. You could Google me, Monica Jazik, or Real Property Investments. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, as well as um, our website, which is https the slashes realproperty-investments.com. And check out our different membership levels that we have. You'll see that our coaching is extremely reasonable and can start as low as twenty-five dollars a month and we are here to help you start building wealth today we've helped transform our own lives and we've transformed the lives of thousands of other people and there's nothing i'd rather be doing aside from parenting my children than <laughs> helping people get freedom in their lives and living their best life well it's exciting to hear you you talk about that and, and just you know hear the impact that you've made. So thank you for, for that. And to our listeners and viewers out there, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.